Thank you very much for the warm welcome. I'm happy to be with you all. I'd like to start with a little gospel text, if you don't mind. We're talking about encounter tonight. Of course, encounter with our blessed Lord. He wants to encounter us, and uh, we should want to encounter him. So we just a little encounter at a well. Uh, the uh, uh, Samaritan woman at this uh, Samaritan uh, town uh, near Sikar, where they had a well where several people met. Uh, it was kind of a meeting spot. It was kind of a... It was the uh, ancient form of CatholicDating.com. You found me? That's where you, <laughs> people would, would show up there and they'd meet their wife and meet their husband. So that's what goes on here. And uh, actually, it's kind of interesting because Jesus shows up on this dating platform, if you will, and uh, meets this woman. And so he wants to meet us, too, in a very intimate relationship. So let's uh, listen to this text. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now Jesus left Judea, and he departed again for Galilee. He had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, worn out by the journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Now there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living waters. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and this well is deep. Where do you get that living water from? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? and his sons and his, and his cattle. Jesus said to her, Every man who drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not have to come here and draw water myself. Jesus said to her, go and get your husband. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying you have no husband, for you have had five. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. You are right. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem it is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for our salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for such the Father seeks people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, 
I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then the disciples came. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But nobody said, what do you wish? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her jar and went away into the city and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can he not be the Christ? They went out of the city and they were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples begged him, saying, Rabbi, have something to eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him some food? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? I tell you, lift up your eyes and see how the fields are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and other weeps. I sent you to reap what you did not work for. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She said, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed with them for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, that doesn't count for my 20 minutes of my talk. Father Andrew Merrick told me I had only 20 minutes, because he knows sometimes I go on for a long time, because I had him in the seminary. Father Andrew and I are good friends. I mean, he's a lot younger than me. I taught him how to fish, how to hunt, and all that stuff, so um, he didn't learn too well, because sometimes He'd get a little small fish, you know, he sends pictures of little fish. And he sent me some pictures one time, and I told him, I said, uh, Father, I sure hope you thank the nice guy that uh, lets you take pictures with his fish. <laughs> so when you see him, uh, we joke all the time. He's a great sportsman, and uh, we always are teasing one another about fishing and hunting and stuff, which he, I think, knows a lot more than me about. So encounter, this is a gospel text of encounter. Now, I don't know about you. I'm a lot older than you are. I went to LSU here. I graduated in 86. But back uh, when I was in, say, grade school, we used to have fire prevention week. You ever have that fire prevention week? And in Leonville, where I'm from, on the bayou, a little small town, boy, I look forward to like fifth grade, sixth grade, because they'd roll the fire truck from Opelousas, Louisiana. Opelousas, GTO, go to Opelousas, we used to say, when we were in high school, get a little money once a month, and we'd go to the picture show in Opelousas. GTO, go to Opelousas. So, Opelousas had a fire department and they rolled the fire truck to the school and uh, the guys would get out with their gear and stuff, their boots and stuff, roll out the hoses and stuff, and let us kind of crawl on the truck. And they would tell us what to do if we ever caught on fire. You remember that? They still do that? What do you do? Suppose I'm out here preaching and, and I get, and get uh, the candles lit and I'm walking inside or something and then my, my, uh, my hat gets on fire. What am I supposed to do? Stop. They're still teaching that. Huh? It, must be, it must be the case. 
<laughs> they change a lot of things. They teach some different things now in, some, in certain departments. But stop, drop, roll. Yeah, stop, drop, roll. You know, that's one of the few things I remember from school, which you hardly ever use, except one time. I went to the 50th anniversary of a wedding one time in Lafayette, and I was uh, renewing their vows and saying a few prayers. And I was uh, out in a little cortile, a little patio. And they had a little candle, a little bougie, you know, a little, I guess it's to make it romantic, little candles like in a little dish. And they got some ivy. So there was a little waterfall, you know, it's, it's a nice little porch. And we were talking, I'm probably talking about fishing, caught a bass that big, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, it was like today, it was cool, beautiful weather. And then I started like getting hot, man, you know. It wasn't a hot flash, I don't think. But anyway, I was like, I was getting warm and all of a sudden started sweating. I said, whew, man, it's, and then I looked and there was fire coming up my rosary beads. So back in those days, we were wearing the black cassock with rosary and sash, you know. And I guess a little polyester in that, you know. But anyway, it was, uh, man, I looked, the fire was coming up my rosary beads and it was dripping, okay. My, 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 you know, it was on fire. Well, so what I do, stop, drop, roll. Man, I stop, just and boom, boom, I rolled over, and I'm here to tell you the story, okay? So it does work. Uh, you hopefully don't ever need that, but uh, stop, drop, roll does work. Well, I want you to remember stop, drop, roll, because this is about encounter. We wanted to, Father wanted me to talk about encounter and how it leads to mission. So stop, drop, roll. Okay, stop. Uh, stop, we need a relationship. We, this is why we do what we do We're in relationship. This is what a person is. You can't have a person without another person. Because person, by definition, means relationship. It means to be in relation to another. So another human being. You can only love a person. I love my dog, Fido. I love boudin balls. I love hog's cheese. Whatever. You say, I love uh, Budweiser. Whatever. What? No, you can't. We talk that way, but it's, it's different. Huh? You can't love boudin balls. Uh, you can enjoy them. I and mean, we use the same word. But I can't have a personal relationship with a boudin ball. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the same thing is true with, with, with animals. We can have, there's affection, there's emotion and stuff, but there's not a personal relationship. That's why Adam is lonely in the garden, because even the largemouth bass did prove not to be a suitable partner for the man. He needed bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He needed compliment. He needed person. And so only God really is radically able to be the object of our love. And then human persons, only secondarily, you see, and relatively. But with persons, it's important. So relationship, we need relationship. And this is what all, this is the whole Bible is about, that God trying to win us over. God wooing us, wanting us to, he wants to be in relationship with you. I, I know that's hard to believe. It's hard for me to believe that he wants to be in relationship with me. He desires to be in relationship with me and with you. It's very fundamental. And so it's our relationship that makes us tick. I remember one time, Mother Teresa was pulling worms out of a dying patient, and the dying patient was alive, and he looked up, and he didn't know Mother Teresa, you know what I mean? And there was not this kind of relationship of family, it wasn't his, or mama, you see, or my wife, or my daughter that was pulling the, the worms, it was this nun pulling worms off, and everybody else was rejecting him. And he looked at her and he says, Mother Teresa, why? Are you doing this? And she answered, because I love you. Very simple. It's a relationship. That Mother Teresa was in relationship with him, dying. Didn't even know because Jesus, because of her relationship with Christ, she had this relationship with him. So this is very powerful that we need to understand. St. Paul, Christ loved me and gave his life for me. You know what I mean? 
Paul was a man of conviction. Paul did what he did. He crisscrossed. He had frequent flyer miles with all the major airlines back in the first century, which there weren't a whole lot of them. But he was a frequent flyer. You see, he moved uh, all over the then known world. What drove Paul? Paul says it. You see, the love of Christ drives me. He had a relationship with the Lord. He had met the Lord. The Lord had looked at him, and he stopped, and he encountered Christ. So this is, this is uh, very, very important for us. It's the same thing in relationships with marriage. I mean, my mom has been deceased. Uh, it'll be 20 years coming up. So she died fairly young. She was in her 60s. She had uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, my dad was taking care of her. So, he, so when they finally diagnosed her, he quit everything. He's an outdoorsman, you know, he's like farmer and everything else. I said, this is going to be a train wreck. Dad's quitting everything. He's going to try to take care of mom. Now, that was my, I didn't say that. That was my judgment, you know. thought I knew dad pretty well. Man, he was cooking, bathing her, wash cleaning the house. The house never was so clean. We had nine kids. It wasn't that clean. But he had everything spick and span. And, but I watched him take care of her and until I was there when she died. Died in, in his arms. He, he was giving her a bath after the rosary, you know. And I went in there, gave her the apostolic part. It was a great, a great uh, moment in my life, my priestly uh, ministry. And I told dad, I said, dad, I watched you. I watched you suffer. I watched you. I watched that labor of love, how you took care of mama for those years. You know, and I said, you taught me a lot about being a man, being a priest, and how to love. He, and he, with tears, he said, Mike, he said, that wasn't work. It was a joy to do that for your mama. You see? That's because of a relationship. Because they had encountered years ago, and those eyes met. He stopped, she stopped, and then something happened, and then it developed, and it continued to grow. And that was a, that's a power. And, and this is where zeal comes from. This is where mission comes from. It comes from a, a relationship that happens with an encounter. And many of us haven't encountered him. It's true. We can go our whole life and not know him. Christ, Jesus Christ. And then we're what, a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. We have all the right answers and the truths, and yet we don't have a whole lot of zip in our life. Uh, not a whole lot of gusto. Huh? Not a lot of par, uh, uh, zeal. Huh? This is lacking. All right, so uh, we need a relationship. Now, first of all, for God, God stops. God wants to be in relationship with us. For God, you see, God created man, male and female, he created, and it was very good. God created us, you see. Um, this is Genesis from the very beginning. God wants to be in relationship with us. Uh, in Ezekiel, this is a very powerful text, Ezekiel chapter 16, Israel. You see, you're my child, and I saw you weltering in your blood as if left for dead. I saw you. I had compassion. I loved you. I washed you. I cleansed you. I swallowed you. And when I came back and you were ready for love, I took the hem of my garment, and I chose you, and I married you, and I bestowed beauty upon you. This is us. We put ourselves in that particular situation. This is God bestows himself. He loves his goodness and death, and he sees himself in us. That's why he's infatuated with us, because he sees us. He sees himself in us. So shall the king desire your beauty, Psalm 45. The king desire your beauty. You see, my beauty. Your beauty because it's him. You see, we're in his image and likeness. And then with God's grace, he sees himself in us. Um, for us too, but we don't always, we, we, we play hard to get, you see, more than God does. Um, we don't always encounter him. So the rich young man, Jesus, this, Pope Francis reflected on this just a couple of days ago in a little book that is coming out about Christ this week, uh, about a relationship with Christ. It's a little commentary, modern commentary on the gospel. But say, uh, Pope Francis talks about the eyes of Jesus, his eyes. 
Uh, my grandma had one of those pictures of the Sacred Heart, and they would follow the eyes, would follow you all over the room. You know, you walk, you see the, the eyes, and everywhere you look, and you go over here and you hide, and those eyes would kind of like move around. But the eyes of Jesus, see how he looks at you. And if you stop and look at him, and he sees the pain, he sees the hope, he sees your joys and sorrows, he sees your hurts, and he knows you. And, and, he, can, and he sees what you desire, what he desires. And so we want to let those eyes meet. Um, Peter and Andrew, Jesus watched them in the boat, getting their nets in order. He watched me. He watched you. Before he knit you together in your mother's womb, he saw you, and he's been watching you while you're in your mom's womb. And he saw you under the fig tree. We just heard that, you see, about Nathaniel, under the fig tree. Uh, and, 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 he, and he calls us after that, but he sees us. When Jesus saw the crowds, and they were like sheep without a shepherd, confused, didn't know which way to go, what's up and down. He had compassion on them, and he sat down, and he began to teach them at great length. You see, this is the power. He sees deep into the eyes of the windows of the soul. He sees me as he looks at me. My eyes met his eyes. This was my conversion. Any powerful conversion experience, eyes meeting eyes. And, and so uh, the centurion, uh, in the gospel, the centurion seeing, watching. You know, it wasn't time to knock off. So what he did, he plunked himself down and he contemplated him. He watched Jesus and he was dead in sin. Centurion, executioner. But he watched Jesus, how he looked with love at the good thief. And he watched Jesus, how he looked with love with his mama. And he's seeing his mother there says, you see, woman, behold your son. And looking at his beloved disciple, behold your mother. That centurion watched and his eyes met Jesus' eyes and probably Mary's eyes. And, and he says, truly this man, seeing the man of his death, said, truly this man was the son of God. And he converted. We, we call him St. Longius, uh, St. Big Sword, as we call him. You know, like Big Chief, Big Sword. We don't even know his name, but he had a big sword, so we'll call him Big Sword. You know, St. Big Sword. Um, this is the power of encounter. His eyes met our eyes. You see, um, and uh, as he moved uh, along, he saw a man named Matthew. He saw Jesus is watching you. You see, stop. Look at him. You know what I mean? It's like the poor. We don't want to stop and see the poor because they, once their eyes meet, you remember in the Acts of the Apostles, the eyes met, and the guy got all excited thinking he's going to get some money, and then Peter said, hey, gold and silver, we ain't got none, but what we do have, we'll, we'll give in the name of Jesus. Now get up and walk, and the guy jumped up, but eyes met. You see? So that's number one, drop. What happens? The Lord, faith comes from hearing. So we got to stop. We got to stop and, and, and encounter the Lord. See how he loves us. You see the rich young man, he ran up and then Jesus looked at him with love. Then what happens? They're, they're, he speaks to us. We open the scriptures. This is what was happening with St. Augustine. Eyes met, you see. He was hearing the music in the cathedral of Ambrose. And, and then he, he opened the scriptures and he started to read. Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in womanizing and all this stuff. Paul, you see, read that. And, and he started to hear, Jesus speaks to me. He talks to me. Woman, go get your husband. You see, uh, he sees the woman caught in adultery. And he writes in the ground. Then he looks up at her. And he says, has no one condemned you, woman? No one, sir, then neither do I. Go and avoid the sin. And off she goes, becomes a saint. Uh, this is Jesus, to listen to him. He speaks, he wants to speak with me. 
But first eyes meet, drop, and then you see, uh, we, we drop and we sit down. This is what happened. Jesus was an itinerant preacher. He's going along, and then people, his eyes catch somebody's eyes, and then there's an encounter, and then they would sit and they'd listen to him. The crowd sat on the grass and they listened. That's what you're doing tonight. You're listening. You're taking time. You could be doing another thing. You stop, and then you drop, and you listen. And then the words were not our, our, our hearts burning as he spoke to us along the, the road. In Luke chapter 24, the road to Emmaus, were not our hearts burning? And, and, and a blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, the kingdom of God is theirs. You see, a blessed are those who mourn now. You see, you will laugh. And they listened, and, and their faces became radiant as they heard words that, that elevated their soul. Words of truth, words of hope, words of, of their desires, of the desires. And so we stop, then we drop. And then what happens? Roll. This is what happens to the woman in the well. The woman, you see, uh, their eyes meet. Jesus looks at her. She looks at him. And he says, give me the drink. And then there's a conversation about her life, told her everything she ever did. This moved her and everything. And he taught her about how to live. And then off she goes. She leaves her water jar. Jesus is thirsty. He goes to the well for some water. She's thirsty. goes to the well for some water. Both of them, neither one gets their drink. <laughs> After hours, while the disciples go to the subway, get some footlongs, you follow me, and they come back, hey, morge, morge, have something to eat. And Jesus says, I got food of which you don't know. Huh. Somebody brought him a, you know, a tasso sandwich or something, you know. Um, no, the food of eating, doing the will of God. He was winning souls. Bringing soul. This is his mission. Jesus is on a mission, and he wants us to be on a mission. So what happens to this woman? The woman stops. She sees those eyes. She encounters. She drops. She listens to him for a couple of hours. And Jesus reveals to her what he hadn't revealed to others. And then what does she do? Roll. She leaves her water jar, and she runs back to the city. Come. See the man that told me everything I ever did. And they say, oh, that's a lot. He told you all that. Because you know, the townspeople knew a few things, too. And he said, well, come see for yourselves. Andrew, you see, what did he do? After in John's God, first thing he did was he went and get his brother Peter. Thank you, Andrew, for going to get Simon Peter. We wouldn't have our first pope. You follow me? This is power. This is mission. So this is what encounters about. This is what the mass is. Ite misa est. We've been calling this the mass ever since the fifth century. Misa, ite, ite, get out of here, go. It means more than just clear the parking lot for the next mass. It means you've encountered something here. Your eyes have met his eyes. You listened to him. You, you heard him. And then you go forth and you bring that good news to others. We're all missionaries. By baptism, we're missionaries. So this is the dynamic. Stop, drop, roll. It's stop. Let his eyes meet your eyes. See how he looks at you with love. See how he desires you. You see? And then, and then take a chance. Sit at his feet like Mary did and listen to his words. And your heart's going to dilate and you're going to learn about how to live. And all of a sudden, things are going to make sense. And then get up. Go. Don't keep looking into the sky. You see, uh, while you're here looking up to the sky, go to all the nations. You see? Bring them. You remember Bigfoot? The big uh, demoniac in the Decapolis that would break in chains, you're buck naked in the cemetery, popping chains. Nobody wanted to deal with him. And Jesus went straight up and he cured him, cast the demons into the pigs. Of course, the economy for pork chops and, and gratons and stuff, that wouldn't go over well in Cajun land. And it didn't go over well in Decapolis. They tried to run him out of town. And, and Jesus, perfect gentleman, left. And big, Bigfoot's trying to get in the boat, completely sane, clothed, good number 13. Lucky 13, we'd call him. You see, and, and Jesus did not grant his request. 
You see, roll. No, you go back to your family and tell them how much God in his love and mercy has done for you. He went back not just to his family, not just to the family reunion. He went back to the ten cities, and they all marveled at what they heard. This is the lay vocation. This is missionary. So stop, drop, roll. So I pray for you today that we can all take the time. Let his eyes meet your eyes. You know, pull a seat. Uh, open up the scriptures. Uh, listen to his word. Let, let your heart dilate, you see, and then run. You see, run and, and, and be quick to tell everybody we've seen the Lord. And what the encounter that we've had, we want to share that with others. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.